You know that great line in The Thin Men where um, uh, Nora Charles comes in and says, Tommy, I don't always look like this. I've been Christmas shopping. Well, in my case, it's I, I don't always look like this, but I've been in the brand new Loblaws in Maple you Leaf look Gardens. really good. <laughs> it was pandemonium in that it's the new Loblaws in uh, the old Maple Leaf Gardens. I stopped in there on the way over here, and it's crazy. It was so super busy. It's like a temple to food. And it's also a temple to fast food, because mm-hmm. it's like sort of way at the back, they actually have some vegetables <laughs> and some meat, and the rest of it. It's kind of like being in a big market in, uh, in Japan or hmm. China or something, with all these little stalls. <gasps> a bit like Blade Runner. Ooh. Visit us in the off-world colonies. <laughs> so shall we, shall we get started? Yes. I'm aware that I might sound like a broken record really? with this, so I'm not. <laughs> but I did think it was kind of interesting. Um, Technology Review has this really interesting story about a guy whose name is Hugh Campos, and he has a cardiac defibrillator installed in his uh, heart to give his heart a little pump every time it yeah, starts Yeah, my to... mother-in-law has one of those. <clears throat> yes, and what he wanted was access to the data to figure out, like he's trying to diagnose himself and figure out what are the things that lead him to um, have problems with his heart. And so far, the company has not obliged. And as soon as I read this, I thought, oh boy, is this ever the shape of things to come? As more and more of us have like little implants, as more and more of us want to be um, active in our healthcare, you can totally imagine people wanting all of that data for themselves. Hypochondriacs are us. <laughs> well, that's the other side of it, right? Yeah. Is that you? we already have like access to... Uh, Dr. Google that gives us a million things to be worried about. What happens when you have access to tons and tons of raw data without necessarily having the ability to read it properly, right? What excuse was he given? Because I know that they just said basically, no, you can't have it. You can't have your own data. Yeah, he's going to fight it, isn't he? uh, Yeah, they they started to show some signs of sort of moving on it, I think. I think the main thing is basically that they don't sort of have a policy around it, right? Like it's not they're accustomed to do that. And I guess the other side of it is that it's the data is in a format that's designed for doctors or whatever. But it is like, if it's not your data, then whose is it? And what? this, I think, is a question that's going to come up all the time in the future, right? Like, as you use your iPhone and your iPhone is collecting data on how you're using it, but you don't have access to that information. Well, have you ever gone to the doctor's office and, you know, how they always put your um, chart in the, in the door, in mm-hmm. that little slot thing in mm-hmm. the door? Have you ever actually picked it up and gone in and started going through your... I think there's a little buzzsaw in there. If you put your hand in there, it's like you're losing your fingers. <laughs> you're not. They get really hostile. Really? I've and never I've gotten hot. I've tried, and I've gotten hostile right back. I said, I know exactly how to read these. I'm a doctor's daughter. Mm. He said, well, listen, you know, and it was that whole, you know, like, we know. We know better than you. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I'm kind of of two minds. Like, I think that people should be allowed to have all their own information. Mm-hmm. But I think I remember when I was studying psychology, there was this thing called psychology student's disease. Right. <laughs> because like, basically every year, everybody would think that they had all these different mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. problems with them, these psychological problems. I know my mother-in-law, she would, if she had that information, she'd be obsessing over Checking it. Checking it a million times, yeah. And don't you think that that's kind of an obvious way for, is for people to go that way? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like, I agree. I think there are two issues there. Like on the one hand, I do think that the danger of either misreading the data or becoming really obsessive about it for sure is an issue. But I also think that 
I can see the social forces pushing it the other way. Like there's, we've talked before about all the uh, kind of health tracking that people are doing online, uh-huh. right? Like oh, there's really? a huge interest in. I haven't heard that before. <laughs> you have talked. You got a whole this book about length, it, right? There's a whole, but there's no, but you've talked about this too, right? There's this whole push for people to be tracking their health online, right? And so if like if what are people going to be tracking if it's not the data, right? I well, bet we're going to see tons of this in the future. Well, you know, and they do say now, and I think more and more we're seeing, is that people are responsible to be their own health care representative. Mm-hmm. When you go to the doctor, they're so busy, at least yeah. in the Canadian system, they're so overtaxed that it's really easy for something with you to fall between the cracks. And so, yeah. really, you have to be your own advocate. Mm-hmm. And so, if you had that kind of data, and if you had a good enough GP who at the hub, if you went in and said, listen, look at this, I think there's something going on here. And if they would actually listen to you, there could be some definite value in mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Actually, we have a thing uh, coming up on Spark about um, some of those sites and the way they're trying to encourage um, doctors and patients to work together. I've got something that's really scary. <laughs> it's freaky. Do you, do you remember RoboCop? Yes. Okay. And do you remember another show, Arrested Development? I never watched Arrested Development. Everyone says it's fantastic. It's very good. Okay. Yeah. Do you know what a segue is? Yes, those sort of scootery things with two yeah. wheels. Yeah. Okay, well, down in the States, few, back in 2006, they launched this initiative, and it's kind of a combination of RoboCop and Arrested Development slash Segway. <laughs> okay. And what they did was, is that it's called the T3. It's a police, I'll use the word vehicle, but like a Segway almost, or a mm-hmm. motorcycle, but like a, two, a two-wheeler, that basically that they could roll around and do some crowd control. And they, they would use it at things like the Super Bowl. Basically, I guess they'd be kind of like, you know, like herding dogs. Mm-hmm. They could just go, come on, come on, come on, come on, move along, move along, move along. Well, there's a new thing, and it's just come out, and it's called the Non-Lethal Response Vehicle. And it's another one of these T3s. What this thing can do, though, is it's actually, it looks kind of funny because you see the cop come whipping into the alley Mm -hmm. on this Segway Mm -hmm. with this um, big shield up front, but then he pops open a little dashboard, pulls out a gun, and it fires rubber bullets, Mm -hmm. but like a machine gun, firing rubber bullets, riddling the side of a building. Or a a pepper spray. Pepper spray, as well as um, as a light, as well as dye bullets. Got all these different things. Yeah. To me, I don't like it. Did we not learn something from the taser experience mm-hmm. in Canada? Yeah, I, it's funny. I mean, I know we're always telling people, go look at the video, but well, there is a video up at the blog, and it's weird because it's simultaneously goofy and frightening. It's yeah. a really odd kind of thing. And the thing, and I, I absolutely thought exactly the same thing as you did about the taser thing, which is that if you put these quote-unquote non-lethal weapons in people's hands and say, well, you don't have to worry about it, you're not going to kill somebody. I think the tendency to overuse those things, especially when you have this distancing yeah. thing of this weird little segue kind of thing, I think is kind of is disturbing. I could see how it could be effective in certain cases. Like in a rioting situation, I could see how that could be effective if you need to get ahead of a crowd, like to, to go faster than the crowd. Yeah. But I thought it was, I, it gave me the creeps, actually. Yeah, but, you know, that's the sort of thing. Like, I don't think they're going to be whipping around chasing violent criminals on their segways. I think what they're going to be using them for are things like Occupy Toronto or Occupy Wall Street. No, it seemed pretty clear that it would be it's, organized around yeah, crowd and, control and, and riot control and things like that. 
You did make the point, though, uh, and I thought of this too, that if you've ever actually been in a protest, when cops on horseback come towards you, it's that is really scary. Yeah, that's really scary. No, I saw one on Young Street. It was after the Rodney King, and they were looting and coming up. Oh my God! I just about—I literally, I started to cry. And ran away. <laughs> 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 Calling everybody I know. <laughs> I'm such a tough broad. Yes, you are. Now, this is just a quickie. Mm -hmm. You know, we've always got our sleep specials. Yes. Well, now this is something. It's it's a clock. Mm -hmm. Of course it's a clock. It was designed by this guy. By His name is James McMahon, and it's called the Acoustic Alarm. It might be a little bit of overkill here, but it's kind of neat design-wise. <laughs> but it's imagine. He, sort of, he has this really cool little video on it, and it's like, why would you want to be awakened with... Mm -hmm. or else loud rock music or even loud classical or jazz, why not be awakened to the sound of a strumming guitar mm -hmm. that you can, like imagine, you know when you uh, tune a guitar and the, you adjust the frets and tighten or loosen? Well, you can do that, and then every morning when you, it goes on, it goes, strum, strum. <laughs> It was a very cute idea. My, ver my first thought is that this would never wake you up. It would no. wake me up. I need clocky. <laughs> you need the super loud thing. It would wake oh, me up the, because the any little thing wakes me up. Right? Yeah, the sonic <laughs> boom. Yeah. But it was a pretty cute idea. Although I have to say a little bit over-engineered, like this very oh, elaborate yeah. mechanical way that it strums these things. Because really you could just pick, you know, an iPhone app that has like a electronic thing that sounds like... Yeah, but it wouldn't look as nice but as that. It, yeah, it was pretty cute. Yeah, it looked like some sort of, you know, like ancient harp or lute. Yeah. It's just set up inside <laughs> your bedroom with really, really nice knobs on it. But it would yeah. be a fun novelty gift for the guitar player in your life. That's true. Okay, so I guess that's it. Huh? That's it. Come to the blog for links to these stories and more. The Sniffer.net. Bye. Bye.